Son of a bitch. What are you doing? It's a goddamn raccoon in the middle of the road. Well, better to kill us than get a little roadkill on the car, huh? Well, we're still alive. I can tell by the pissy look that you're giving me. I am. Hello and welcome back to another episode of From Dusk Till Dawn. How's everyone doing out there? Better question. How are you doing? Are you okay? Did you look in the mirror today and and say, "Hey, rock star, go out there and give them what everything you've got, baby." And if you didn't today, do it tomorrow. You deserve that kind of affirmation. It might be coming from yourself, but God damn it, who else is it going to come from? I love you. This is a horror movie review podcast where we like to review horror movies. And the way that we choose our horror movies is that we go to a horror movie generator, hit generate, and it gives us a movie. And then bada bing, bada boom, we watch it. And then bada bing, bada boom, it turns into a podcast. Um, and the little, little janitor, janitor, I was thinking generator and janitor, might be, uh, the little generator gave us 2007's vacancy directed by now pardon me um it's spelt nimrod and i looked it up and it's pretty much yeah that's how it's said but it's like nimrod 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 the o's got an accent on it but it's um directed by nimrod antel uh, IMDb gave it a 6.2, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 55%. And with my experience um, seeing these kind of scores, uh, Rotten Tomatoes giving it a 55 and IMDb giving it a 6.2, it sounds like it might be a fun movie. Um, probably not a lot to the plot, uh, but it's going to be a bit of a ride. And you know what? This was a bit of a ride. Now... The plot of this movie reads, a married couple becomes stranded in an isolated motel and finds hidden video cameras in their room. They soon realize that unless they escape, they'll be the next victims of a snuff film. Now, those of you who don't know what a snuff film is, uh, snuff films are uh, pretty much home movies where you watch real people get real murdered. Um, Not very cool not very ethical. Um, if you make snuff films, I'm sorry to say it, but I don't want you listening to this podcast. So if that gets rid of half my listeners, then so be it. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I don't respect people who make snuff films. So take a hike. Let's just get into this. Uh, like I said, um, a 6.2 and a 55% on some rating sites. And I'm thinking that it's going to be a fun film. And it kind of was. You didn't have to think a lot. It was pretty much a isolate the victims and try and kill them. That's kind of just an old school slasher-ish uh, kind of intruder kind of fight back 
a little bit more action than a regular like uh, campy slasher. But yeah, this was a this was a, a fun little um, romp, I guess. We follow these characters: David Fox, who's played by Luke Wilson, and Amy Fox, who is played by Kate Beckinsale. Well, it kind of looks like they're. Uh, they're not uh, enjoying their marriage to one another anymore. These two are um, at each other's throats to a level where I don't like either of them. I don't think either of them are right on how they are talking to one another. It uh, They don't say anything too in, insane, you know? They don't say go choke on a gobstopper or a jawbreaker or whatever you can choke on, go eat that. Um, They're pretty much just, you know, being sarcastic and not being pleased by anything the either of the one does. Everything's a problem. Um, I would describe this uh, experience watching them is, have you ever been around uh, people, a couple of some sort or anyone, and they start fighting in front of you and it's, makes you really uncomfortable and you almost want to say shut the fuck up like don't talk to each other anymore because it's making me uncomfortable you felt like you were there with them and you were like cringing at everything that they were kind of saying to each other and i almost feel like you had to be immersed into this film like this to kind of have the entire experience so if that was a part of the plan for the director um, and the uh, the the writer of this film, written by Mark L. Smith, um, good for you because I felt like I was in the back seat when they were driving down the back road, just giving each other uh, just the shittiest, most immature comeback. So good on you. If that was your intention. Oh, yeah. Um, at the very starting of this film with all the uh, opening credits and everything, very Hitchcockian kind of music, a little bit of Brian De Palma. But if you know Brian De Palma, you know that he's obsessed with Hitchcock, but uh, very Hitchcock uh, type of um, uh, title cards coming up. So immediately I was like, is this on purpose to be like Hitchcock in a way? Is this not? I'm not too sure. But once we get a little bit more into the movie, then we'll find out if that was an accurate, uh, you know, thought process of mine. So, yeah. So no one's talking at the starting of the film to get the dialogue going. That was my my, uh, snap in the background. Uh, to get the dialogue going, we throw a raccoon in the middle of the road, and this comes to my first question to everyone. If you see a wild animal on the middle of the road and you're going 80 kilometers an hour, or I don't know how fast that is in miles, 66 miles, maybe, an hour, uh, and a wild animal jumps out in front of you, small, smaller than a deer, uh, are you dodging are you swerving or are you destroying um a lot of experts say you should be destroying the animal uh swerving off a road is extremely more dangerous to you and if a fucking animal is in the middle of the road that's kind of their problem um but as humans we did put the road there and the animals were there first so 
I don't know. Are you swerving or are you destroying? Uh, let me know in the comments, please. And thank you. I am uh, doing a scientific study. They're just, uh, yeah. And they're just bickering the whole time now. And, and, and they, they do throw in one thing. I believe that they, they had a child and the child is uh, now, um, oh, how do I say this? Uh, he's uh, worm food. Uh, and he, uh, Luke Wilson played by, uh, David Fox, just joking, David Fox played by Luke Wilson. He tries to reminisce on his, uh, departed son and, uh, well, she doesn't like it. He goes, do you remember when Charlie used to just dance without any music playing? And she just completely is like, I don't want to talk about that. And he's like, okay. And then he kind of, he's just trying to, you know, lighten the mood and maybe, maybe try to get her to see how things used to be, you know, cause they are not happy together. Um, anyway, so they're driving Dodge raccoon car breaks down. Well, we gotta, we gotta go find some mechanic in the middle of the night yikes so they go they find the motel this is where uh this is where shit starts going down well not really i would say that the whole experience from them driving and uh arguing about not taking the interstate that was almost like 25 minutes i would say so it was a, a slow build to get to our main uh, a main attraction of this film it was uh yeah it was it was uh <laughs> I'm like, they keep fucking talking here. They keep talking about the car breaking down. They keep talking. Keep talking about the car breaking down. They keep talking about how they should have taken the interstate, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, let's let, like, let's get to it. And like, no one really seems creepy yet. No red, red herrings. No, you know, if you didn't watch the the trailer to this film back in 2007, which is you'd probably have to be watching, you know, everyone loves Raymond and then it pop on, you know, but they get to the hotel and we finally see a creep. Now, nowadays he wouldn't be a creep because he was wearing, you know, looked like his grandfather's clothes and he had a mustache and he had big Jeffrey Dahmer glasses and uh, uh, you kind of don't want to assume, okay, just because he looks like he might, uh, you know, take sledgehammers to pigs heads and collect their blood and bathe in it. You don't, you don't want to assume that right out of the gate just because of how he looks. But, um, in this case, your assumptions would be right. He is a freak. Uh, he is a psycho. He is our main villain. And, we don't like this guy and seeing him and the way that he treats them almost takes your mind off of how shitty of people that they are talking to one another the way that they do. So it's, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of nice not to hate your main, main characters, David and Amy, but it's also, you know, now you got to deal with this creep. He's the manager. He, he, uh, he's just got a real shit eating screen, screen grin on him um but yeah we're he's gonna he's gonna be the uh he's gonna be the boss to beat here um 
he pretty much fucks around with them and uh and and says you guys can't have a mechanic because it's middle of the night you might have to you know stay here listen i'll give you guys the uh the honeymoon suite on uh extra five bucks but it's got some perks to it now what the perks are is it uh you know vibrating bed is it uh an ashtray in the shape of a mermaid is it uh shag carpet no it is torture murder videos of murder and probably no ac and they they get in there there's a bunch of knocking at the door and this was kind of annoying i don't understand what was going on this was kind of a you know on friday the 13th where jason's you know kind of in one area killing someone and then but it's so far away from the cabin or or the the cottage or whatever and they kill them and then they're like what was that noise and then you're like well it couldn't be jason but then it is jason like he like teleported there there was kind of some teleportation going on uh, and it was a little bit annoying, um, but it was all part of the fun, you know, knocking at the front door, knocking at the, you know, the hotels that the, the doors, they connect rooms, knocking at that. They don't know what's going on. He goes to the manager. The manager takes a little bit to get to the desk cause he's probably running through whatever, uh, to get back. And he says, come help me with these guys. They're knocking. They're annoying me and my wife. We're trying to just get some sleep before we can get the mechanic. The guy goes there. And, uh, yeah, the the knocking kind of stops. So they, uh, Amy and Dave, David, they um, kind of chill out. And they, uh, they're like, all right, let's just get, go to bed. We'll wake up. Go, go to the mechanic and get this goddamn nightmare weekend over with I believe that they're on the verge of divorce or they've already done the divorce talk um, so they're kind of they're not going to be spooning you know in this bed uh, he th- tries to throw on the TV damn no channels damn no radio damn no vibrating bed but hey there's some videotapes what do you think's on the videotapes folks I'm going to give you six guesses Yes, it was snuff films. David, Mr. Luke Wilson, is looking at them, and he's like, there's something weird about this horror movie that I'm, I just put on. Oh, my God. It's in the room that we're in right now. So that, that was, I liked that. That was uh, scary. That would be, you can imagine if you turned on your TV and you saw, you know, a movie and they were cooking in your kitchen. You'd be a little like, what the fuck? Um, so that was good. Uh, they freaked out and, uh, yeah, it's pretty much cat and mouse from this point on to the ending. I would say, um, they're just trying to escape. These people are popping out of nowhere, popping up out of nowhere. Um, so a little, a little creepy, um they're wearing masks uh i guess it's for the videos just in case the videos are found but like the room is there 
like if if a police officer found found them, they wouldn't be able to identify the person, but they'd be able to identify the location. You know, so I think that they'd be able to tie that together. Uh, but whatever, we're just having fun here. We're just killing people. So, but they keep popping up in the room, like without them going through any doors or anything. So that was kind of the the big where the hell are they coming from? And it wasn't that surprising that there were underground tunnels um, that they could like scurry through. Oh, when she's watching the, or when, when David is watching the uh, snuff films, the people are screaming on it. She thinks it's a horror movie. He thinks it's a horror movie at the starting. And she says something and then she went, can you just mute it so I don't have to hear it? It's just like, yeah, let me just watch this in silence. Like who says that? But also there was no AirPods back then. So what are you going to do? Like, like you're trying to watch a movie. It's like, yeah, I'll turn it down. I'm not going to mute it though. This is like a Charlie Chaplin film and you can go like, you know, make your own music. Um, try to call a police officer or they, they try to call uh, the police through uh, uh, a payphone outside it's just connected to the manager who's trying to kill them anyway. So that was kind of a horror trope in a way. Um, they chase uh, David with a vehicle. Whenever I see this in movies, whenever I see cars chasing people in movies, like uh, there's uh, th- there's a scene in this one. There is also a scene, and I know what you did last summer when Ryan Philippe comes out of the gym and the the car chases him. He chases him for a really long time, but like the car is supposed to be going fast. And I would not, unless I'm like a track star, I'm not outrunning a Beamer. Oh, they were both Beamers too. Very cool. But what, like these guys are fast and they're not wearing the right kind of footwear either. So like he was wearing like wingtips and it's, you're, you're, you're Usain bolting across gravel. Good for you, Luke Wilson. Uh, at one point, Luke Wilson, he needs to find a weapon. And he he goes to the mirror and he breaks the mirror and he takes a big slice of mirror to use as a knife. Um, and he goes, that'll do. Like he's been in the situation before, which I found really funny. Um, he, he was kind of nonchalant in some ways. Apparently, um, Kate... Kate Beckinsale had a bit of an issue with uh, doing this movie with him just because he uh, would show up hungover all the time. But it's just like, he's just having a good time. That's Luke, Luke goddamn Wilson. Like, I don't think he would have had a problem if anyone, uh, like if Kate Beckinsale showed up hungover. So I don't know. Maybe he was just trying to get in character and, and he was, he was uh, method acting and trying to get her to hate him. Not too sure. There is one good, uh, scare or not scare but like trope where the person like where the the two david and amy are like look behind you look behind you and it's like oh my god they finally someone's finally here to save them this is great and then they they're like but then the guys start walking up behind them really slowly they're like look behind you look behind and then he looks behind them he's there to buy the snuff films great fake out i was even like oh yes but i i i was like oh, oh shit they're gonna kill him but then uh yeah, it's just like this is giving good purpose on why they're making snuff films for money. They have to they find the they find the tunnels and they they crawl 
through them to get to the the next room. I believe that all the tunnels are connected to every single room or at least every main room. And uh, I didn't like that. I uh, developed uh, claustrophobia. Don't know where I did. I wasn't that bad. I never really liked being in enclosed spaces. I'm okay with like blankets over me. I love being uh, comfy and cuddly. But uh, I, I, I try to get over my fear by watching uh, these crazy motherfuckers on TikTok, like sliding, like cave crawling through like, they're like, 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 stop saying like, sorry. Don't apologize to yourself. Okay, sorry. They crawl through basketball net size holes in caves and they go up and down and underwater it's it's insane i try to watch those to you know get over my fear but um it's making it worse so maybe i should just stop watching it but uh yeah a little bit of claustrophobia on that um other than just like the the whole muck of it all it's just like running after one another, um, a couple plans in and out, like, you know, like going through the tunnels and then going up a hatch and then closing something on top of the hatch. So then the guys can't get up and they're, they're, they're trying to hide. So then the other people leave. Um, and none of it really works. You're just kind of waiting for the end and to see what's going on. Uh, Kate Beckinsale drives a car through the motel and kills two of the killers. There's three killers altogether. Um, the manager and then two of his little goons. Um, and yeah, she kills the two guys, uh, which, which is kind of, uh, nice because you're kind she's almost saying to Luke Wilson the whole time, like, what are we going to do now? Where should we hide? go get them. Like, she's kind of like just waiting for Luke Wilson to tell her to like do something. And then it's nice to see that she, um, is the one to kill two of the killer. Oh, wait, well, okay. She kills two of the killers. Um, but that's only after Luke Wilson gets stabbed by one of them. And, um, does he die? Does he die? He doesn't die. Now I need a doctor to let me know if you get stabbed, are you going to pass out and then just wake up like you passed out or what's the deal there? Uh, so any doctor, please let me know. And then she goes and she uh, wants to take out the boss, the manager. Um, and she does. She shoots the guy. He's got a great uh, kind of freak out moment. She scratches him in the face and He's got a great psycho freak out, not so crazy freak out. And, uh, and it's, it's good acting. I think he almost went too far. Like he took it kind of probably a little bit too far. I would have been a little freaked out if he started doing that. Uh, but yeah, then she, uh, shoots him. He dies. Now the whole time we think that Luke is dead because he got stabbed and then did the whole death death gurg gurgle and uh, but then 
Kate Blanchett or Kate Blanchett, Kate Beckinsale goes and checks on the dead body apparently, and then he wakes up and roll credits. It was a really shitty ending. Would have been okay if Luke died, David died. No big deal. That's what happens in horror movies. It's just a movie. Our buddy from old school doesn't have to survive. It's fine. Stay down, Luke. Was hoping that uh, Luke died. Uh, but yeah, this this movie reminded me a lot of uh, Psycho. Almost if American Psycho was in Psycho. If Patrick Bateman was in Psycho. But it also reminded me of Strangers. Now, this predates Strangers. Uh, kind of in a way, just like random intruders. Uh, so stranger, psycho, American psycho in a way, not as much American psycho. Uh, and yeah, it was, uh, not bad of a film fun. This was definitely like a first date film. I I felt if you were going to take someone on a date, this is what that you would have taken them to go see this. Let's just get into the, uh, ratings here, baby, baby. And on this podcast, we like to rate our films with Don's dollars, $1 being the least amount of money that you'd spend to go see this in a theater and 10 being the most that you'd go into a theater and spend on this movie, baby. And uh, I'd probably give this, it was fun. I really didn't like them at the starting, but I learned to like them. It was like just modern, not modern horror. It was like classic horror movie. It was just crazy people being crazy. There was no in crazy intent. There was no, uh, you know, twist that I was like, okay, that changed the whole movie, I guess. I saw this way back when it came out, and I remember being, like, somewhat scared. More thriller action than horror, I would say. But once they have masks on, then, hey... We're in horror territory. So, with Dawn's dollars, I'd give this a four. Four dollars. How does that make you feel? I think four dollars, I'd walk in, I'd be satisfied, walk out with a smile on my face. I'd take my wife to go see this, and she'd be like, thanks, Dawn. I'd be like, thank you, wife, because you paid for it. You paid four for it, $4 for it. So I'm going to give this a four. Um, So yeah, thanks again for listening. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for, uh, please go subscribe, follow, like, go follow the Instagram from Dust Till Dawn podcast. And uh, if you see a vacancy sign, just remember, there might be crazy people there ready to turn you and your newly divorced wife into a shish kebab on film to sell to dirty truckers. Love ya.